Welcome to Demogranomics, your insight to the powerful surprises ahead for the US economy. Demogranomics, where people make markets. And now, here is Mike Williams. Hey there, it's Mike Williams. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Today, we're going to call this uh, Brasted Energy. A little play on words, if you will, with Brexit finally here. Who knows how the vote's going to end up, but you can be assured more wasted ink, wasted energy, and a wasted time. Brexit, no matter what happens, will soon be in the trash bin of threats that have come across the pathway, always taking too many off course. So here we are. This is it. A day that will stand in infamy. Oh, wait. Sorry. Not. The vote will be what it is. Experts will take the stage this evening and breathlessly peer over every update. There will be experts chattering about the buy the rumor, sell the news, or the opposite. No matter the market reaction, their opinion beforehand, or their success in guessing the outcome. What has happened to us, given our seemingly apparent need for fearful elements all the time, even when they are nearly meaningless in the long run? When the voting is done, short-term traders will react, money will shift for a few weeks, and then demographically strong markets will be set to continue their long-term pathway toward expansion over time. Nutty, right? So much for the efficient market theory, but that's more for another podcast. We are indeed addicted to fear. I'm going to give you an example. Last evening, some big storms rolled through Chicago. We had local channels breaking in with numerous weather alerts on one such break while going on scene to a van where a young lady was reporting, you saw a, and I do mean one, flash of lightning behind her in the distance. The lady back at the main desk broke in the broadcast and said, oh gosh, Jen, we can see all the lightning around you. I nearly choked on my bite of chicken. During the very same break, Jen put her hand up to her ear, I kid you not, and said, I'm told we have breaking news back at the weather desk. Sam? The next shot was the normally sedate weather guy running his hands across the weather map, which had been blown up to show a close-up of a nearby suburb here. And he said breathlessly, I'm quoting here, We have reports that the electricity is out in this entire area. Unquote, as he waved his hand across a swath of red on the map. Seriously, folks, have we now gotten to the point where when, electric- when electricity goes out during a bad storm, we think that's something to report? We need to get a grip. If it does not actually exist, we will find something or create it to cause us to be afraid of something. It's the same psyche with which most investors now handle financial news, financial inflows, market data, company activities, quarterly reports, and global economic updates. If it was not so sad and short-sighted, it would be funny. How about those jobs? You know, recently there's been chatter about jobs growth after the last disappointing report for the month of May. At the time, we reminded you in these podcasts that we see this often. We hinted that it was likely to pass as the remaining data points simply did not add up with the report. It's still unfolding as planned. Let's review quickly. Jobless claims are at three-month lows, 
which is a little deceiving because a tad bit lower and we'd be at 30-year lows. Our problem is not no jobs growth. Our problem is we need more people with the correct advanced skills to fill what is now a record number of job openings. Think about that for a second. How could someone possibly tell you we have a jobs growth problem if we have never had this many job openings ever in the history of the data? It's, it's kind of staggering. Here's the deal. This has been a pattern during every bull market. Often you'll see big runs in jobs followed by crappy reports once or twice or three times. Many short-term traders overlook that the non-farm payroll was actually negative in 1993, 1995, 1996, and 1997. But if you look back at those stock market years, they did just fine. Recall the low print and jobs of 84,000 back in March of 2015? Well, remember this. That report and the report we had recently in May actually fits the normal historical cycle. It's normal. Yes, tough. Sure, it's a struggle. It feels uncomfortable near term, but normal. Not unusual, not unexpected, or a needed addition to the list of assurances of coming doom. The bigger picture... While too many fret over one monster after another in the headlines, guess what? Important data about the strength of the U.S. economy is picking up. It's not seen in the press because, after all, if I tell you everything's going to be okay, you're not going to buy my newspaper. I was fascinated, for example, to listen in on the KB Home conference call earlier in the week. The CEO, while bragging about the beat on both revenue and earnings, stated this, and I'm quoting, We were really surprised to see the rapid increasing number of first-time home buyers. Now, who do you think that is? Think about it. First-time home buyers. It's what we've been talking about in podcasts for the last year and a half. Make sure you accept the 80-20 rule ahead. The barbell economy is real. Generation Y, whether we like it or not, is coming. Oddly enough, the CEO of KB Home is just seeing that front edge of change. Call it the second pitch of the first out of the first inning in a very long baseball game. Sure, they waited longer than the baby boom to buy homes. Experts want to make that a bad thing. They want to weave it into a a nightmare of some sort. What about this, though? What if it was just because the boomers liked their kids more and were happy to provide them a place to live longer under one roof while they got a better education? What if it was completely innocent? Certainly that was not the case for the boomers when we were kids back in the late 70s, early 80s. Our parents wanted us out quick and we wanted to get out. But here's the deal. Because they're drastically different, trying to compare them is meaningless. Back to the important improvements, though, along with that housing data. Trucking is moving stuff. And get this, chemicals are through the roof. Truck tonnage has picked up this year. Even allowing for a blip in the data in February, spike or no spike, the latest data confirms activity has picked up over the course of the year, just as we edge closer to the round trip of the energy production-induced slowdown in this area. Another confirm? Chemical activity is picking up as well. 
and has almost always been a good indicator of production expansion ahead. The latest monthly data from the American Chemistry Council says activity has jumped 3% in the past three months, and it's up almost the same amount in the past year. While many assume doom is headed our way, these combined data strongly suggest that industrial production is on the mend and set to, quote, surprisingly pick up in coming months. Again, this closely mixes with the suggestions we made as this cloud will pass in the data once we have round-tripped the deepest part of the energy sector reset. The bottom line? This all ties in pretty nicely with stronger GDP numbers over the course of the year as well. Definitely pretty good news. And yet another breadcrumb of the pathway of surprising strength as our economy continues to feel the growing demand coming out of Generation Y. Remember, fear and faith ask of us the same thing, believing in something we cannot see. I repeat again, ignore the barbell economy at your peril. Let's pray for a summer swoon. Maybe it'll come with Brexit's vote, which we'll all be watching tonight. Stay focused, be patient, and until we see you again, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.